Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the evening service of Thursday the 24th of February 2011, entitled, When Jesus Comes. And the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 20, verses 19 to 28. Here's a song followed by Brother Brian Beaver. Good evening. Lovely to be here again. Thank you for the opportunity to join with you. Uh, this song is quite simple, but it's actually very special to me for many reasons. Um, in particular, though it has nothing to do with the theme of the song, this song reminds me that we have a very personal God who interferes very personally in our lives for our betterment, and he never forgets us. Praise, praise. Praise, 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 
Well, good evening. Wow, what a song to follow up. I don't know what to do, Pastor Pizer, tell the people to turn to the map section of their Bible. About all you can do after that song is just say, wow. Job said in Job chapter number 19, verse 24, he said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand in that latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. David said in Psalm 24, he said, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty to battle. Romani, he said, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? He said, The Lord of hosts. He is this King of glory. Every one of these men in the Old Testament were saying, There is a Messiah that's coming on the scene. But John looked out through that crowd that day and he was baptizing in the river Jordan. And he said in John chapter number 1, John wrote these words. In the beginning, Peter was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended Him not. Now the, listen, Now there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was a true light which lighteth every man that cometh in the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He said he came into his own, and his own received him not. But the greatest scripture in all the word of God is the next verse. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glories of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth Paul said to the church in Philippi he said wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name that you sang about which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow I've got news for Gaddafi I've got news uh, for uh, uh, Hussein uh, Mubarak I've got news for all the other uh, dictators in this world I've got news today for Hitler I've got news for Mussolini one of these days every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Say, preacher, why would you say all that before you even preach? Because I can say this with, without reservation tonight, Steve, that I checked this morning, then God's still alive. He's not dead. Matter of fact, He's not even sleeping. <laughs> He's not a sick he ain't on nerve medication or heart pills in heaven. Oh, listen, uh, wringing his hands and worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. May I say this? Everything that's happening in our world today, listen, oops and uh-oh have never come across the lips of Almighty God. There is no holy senility with God. God knows exactly what's going on today. And may I say this, that one of these days every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. You either need to do it today, and if you don't do it today, you will do it later. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find no fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimony to agree. Hey, listen, Herod, Herod couldn't kill him, death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. And Jesus Christ stands on the other side of an empty tomb and says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever, 
liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Are y'all excited about Jesus Christ being on the throne? I'm telling you, I am. Hey, listen, we can go three more weeks if we wanted to. Somebody said, preacher, won't you ever get tired? You bet your bottom dollar I get tired. You ask Miss Janie. On the way home, sometimes I fall asleep on the van. Believe it or not, even Larry driving, I can fall asleep. No, I'm just playing. I love Pastor Larry. You say, preacher, why would you say all of that? Because, folks, you know what? You could take every volume of encyclopedias in the world. You could get every dictionary you want. And there's words, preacher, that just can't adequately describe who my Savior is. Pastor Russ, I've tried to describe him to people. And you know what? I, with human words, just can't do it. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. And my, my God's invincible. Matter of fact, he said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. I don't know what you're going through tonight as God's people, but can I read a poem to you before we even get into the message? Turn to John chapter number 20. John chapter number 20, but before you, uh, before you look at the Scripture, I want to read a poem to you. Peter, this is for you. Rivka, this is for you. Carl, this is for you. Matter of fact, this is for every person that's sitting under the sound of my voice tonight. Brian, this is for you. When Joseph's brothers came before him, and I've said this many times, but when Joseph's brothers came before him and they thought that he was going to take their head, Joseph being second in command in Egypt, they were in a sore famine. They went there to get grain. When they found out that it was their brother, they were scared to death and they said, thank God Jacob's not dead yet, but guess what? Their daddy died. And they stood before Joseph and they said, our daddy's dead now and I know he's probably going to have our life. He's going to have our head on the chopping block. But Joseph looked at his brother Steve and he said, you might admit it unto me to evil. He said, but God meant it unto good. God minute for good. I walked into my garden to pick a lovely rose and joy and peace and happiness was all I could suppose. But as I reached to take a bloom, a sharp pain ran through my hand. God said, no flower for you today. A thorn is what I planned. It looked like a thorn. My image was torn, but God meant it for good. It caused me, Carl, to mourn, but his likeness was born, for God meant it for good. It caused me some pain, but the loss has been gain. Like sunshine after rain, God has meant it for good. My heart desired some comfort, some days of peace and ease, the time of quiet restfulness, some charm my soul would please. But as I searched to find my want, God sent instead a need. And God said to have a tender heart, it's best your heart should bleed. It looked like a thorn. My image was torn, but God meant it for good. It caused me some mourn, but His likeness was born. For God meant it for good. It caused me some pain, but the loss has been gain. Like sunshine after rain. God has meant it for good. I don't know what God's people are going through tonight, but can I encourage you tonight that God makes no mistakes. He knows what's going on in your life. He has ordained it, predestined it before the foundation of the world. I promise you and announce to you 
by the authority of this book that God knows exactly what's going on in your life. And by the way, if you say, I don't know how much more I can take, can I announce to you tonight that God knows exactly how much you can take? God knows exactly how much. I want you to look at John chapter number 20 very quickly. I won't be long. Some of y'all are saying, I've never believed that, and I won't start now. <laughs> I promised uh, Maurice that I'd give her the preacher beatitudes. First preacher beatitude I gave you this week is, Blessed is the preacher whose train of thought has a caboose. Amen. We like for the preacher to get where he's going, but get done, all right? Blessed is the preacher, Malcolm, who can get airborne with the shortest amount of runway. I don't know if I've ever done that, but I've tried. Blessed is the preacher once he's landed the plane, cuts it off. Amen. <laughs> Tonight I want to give you the preacher beatitude. Blessed is the preacher if he has a plane, it's got an engine in it. I don't like gliders. I like power. George Whitfield made this statement. George Whitfield said, if we endeavor, Pastor Pizer, to preach the gospel, we should endeavor to stir the hearts of men and women and never deal, never deal in the commodity of unfelt truth. May I say this, folks? You may not preach in a pulpit in your life, but you preachers can identify with me. You listen. When a person goes and talks to their friend, their neighbor, their lost loved one about Jesus Christ, there needs to be something in your bosom. Listen, some, some felt truth. Listen, preaching and witnessing is nothing more than truth on fire. God wants a, to be like a fire shut up in your bones. Have some passion. We've talked about that this week. Have some passion. I don't mean you have to run the pews. It don't mean that you have to swing from the chandeliers. That don't make you spiritual. But let me tell you something. If you love Jesus Christ, it ought to at least put a smile on your face. <laughs> well, that's good preaching. Hey, man, that's good preaching, preaching. I like it. I want you to look at the Scripture. We endeavor to preach the gospel. To, we need to... Stir the hearts of men and women. I want to preach a message to you tonight. I hope will stir your heart. And it's last night of the family conference. I want you to look at verse number 19. Chapter number 20, verse number 19. Then, adverb, the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. When he had said so, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins uh, ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Sounds a lot like most Baptists today. I want you to listen to what he says next. Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the prints of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And our text in verse 26 and says, After, 
Eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Now there's 11 assembled. It was just 10. Thomas was not in their midst when he came the first time. He comes again. Thomas is with them, uh, known as Doubting Thomas, by the way. And Thomas was with them. And the next three words, then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto God, My God, my Lord, and my God. Folks, I want you to let your eyes fall back to verse number 19, and I don't, I, I'm thankful that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Every word is breathed from the mouth of God. But I want you to look at something that jumped off the pages uh, at me this week in my study. I want you to look at verse 19. I want to just look, if we can, at the building blocks, the kernels, if you will, of, of the Scripture, the building blocks. I want to just look at an adverb, a verb, and a subject. In verse number 19, the first word, then... And you skip down and you find out that the next word that's a verb in this phrase, completed phrase, is came, and the subject is Jesus. Then came Jesus. Look at verse 26. About three phrases down from the beginning of the verse, you'll see that phrase again. Then came Jesus. I want to preach a message to you tonight entitled, When Jesus Comes. When Jesus Comes. Before I preach, let's just bow our heads and our hearts before the Lord. I wonder if you're willing to say with me tonight, with hands raised, if you can say this judgment day honest, you just admit this to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you speak to me about tonight in order for me to have heaven-sent Holy Ghost refreshment in my life. And I'm willing to do whatever God speaks to me about. And if He does, I'm willing to move. And you could raise your hand with mine that you're willing to do that. Could you just say that? Father, you see the hands that represent the heart. Now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, my strength and my Redeemer. Lord, I admit and I declare tonight my total dependence upon you. I admit before these people and especially before you, Lord, that I can't, but thank God you can. So, Lord, move me out of the way. Hide me behind the cross that Christ may be seen in him alone. And I'll love you and I'll praise you for what you do because I ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. And all God's people said, Amen. Then came Jesus. Then came Jesus to a humble Jewish virgin. And she said, who, me? And Gabriel said, you got it. It's you. And she said this, she said, my soul doth magnify the Lord, my spirit rejoices in the God, my Savior. We call that the Magnificat. Listen, folks, when Christ comes, when Christ comes, humble people get happy. Help me out tonight. When Jesus comes, humble people ought to get happy. This lowly Jewish virgin had Gabriel come to and announce to her that within you has been conceived of the Holy Ghost, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And she blessed the Lord. Then came Jesus to a Jewish carpenter named Joseph who announced to her that the woman that he was a spouse to was carrying a child. And he said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I've not known this woman. She's to be my wife. I've never known her. Y'all know what I'm talking about when I say that, right? 
And he said, what, what's people going to think? And Gabriel, I imagine, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm from the south of the United States of America, and sometimes we just paraphrase stuff. This is all extra biblical. But I believe Gabriel said to her, listen, if you got Jesus, you don't have to worry about what somebody thinks. And Joseph said, I will still take her as my wife. Then came Jesus to an unborn cousin. When Mary went into the house of her, her, uh, of her friend and her family member, Elizabeth, it said that the babe that was in her, listen, John leaped in her womb when Jesus came in the room. May I say this? It's time that people get excited when Jesus shows up. Can I say this, Peter? Jesus and John were not even born yet, and John was still excited. I've gone to church after church after church in America and watched people literally fall. I'm talking, lay down and go to sleep when the preaching of God's Word's going on. It's like the frozen chosen. It's like the first church of the frigid air most places you go and preach. Nobody's excited about hearing about Jesus showing up. Let me tell you something, folks. It's time that God's people get excited when the holy God of Israel shows up in a service. And by the way, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together. That don't mean he don't like a bigger crowd. That just means where two or three are gathered together, he said, there I am in the midst of them. Then came Jesus. A ver Listen, an angel. And, I, and I'm just talking to you tonight. Can I just bear my heart to you? An angel proclaimed to some lowly shepherds that were keeping their flocks by night and said, listen, don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And get, can I say this? That they joined in, a heavenly host joined in and sung and proclaimed that to those lowly shepherds. And may I say this? That Pavarotti, if he were to get up here, or the Vienna Boys Choir, or the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, would sound like they needed practice when they heard that choir sing. May I say this, folks? I cannot wait to get to glory and hear the angelic beings hush their mouth and fold their hands as we sing, Redeemed! How I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Then came Jesus. Aren't you glad that our Savior not only likes the smell of a stable, but He also loves the fragrance of Solomon's boudoir? Amazing that we serve a God like that. Can you see Him tonight? Then came Jesus. Then came Jesus to some magi, some wise men, who traveled two years just to get near Him. Do you know that's what God pastors done all of his all of his ministry? His ministry of the Holy Spirit draws people near to him. That's why it's called the Paracleto, the Paracletos, the one that comes alongside Pastor and encourages. That's what the Holy Spirit of God does with us. He's done that his whole ministry. Then came Jesus as a 12-year-old boy in the temple. When physicians and doctors said, Who is this young man? Telling us all the answers to questions we had. <laughs> you know, we've got a lot of intellectualism going on. 
Everybody's high-minded. May I say this? Paul told the church, knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. What about love? Hey, listen, I don't care how much you know. I just want to know how much you care. <laughs> That's good preaching, brother. I like that. Y'all get used to that in a minute. Then came Jesus, pastor. He came. Listen, He came to me. Does, it, does that not stir your soul? The song says, Peter, when I couldn't go to Him and I didn't want to go to Him, He came to me. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Brian, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Listen, Jesus Christ didn't count His equality of God something to hold on to and say, I'm not going. But He laid that aside and made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant. And listen, and being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself. God in the flesh humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Then came Jesus. Pardon me while I just let my vivid imagination run. Then came Jesus to some H2O particles one day at a wedding. And they said, I can't believe. Can you just see the particles in the water? I can't believe that the water of life has showed up and we're here. It kind of makes me want to blush. And some of them said, oh, oh, we're turning red. And it did. He turned the water into wine. Can I ask you a question tonight? When's the last time you blushed in the presence of a righteous, holy God? We treat him some kind of like some kind of cosmic bellhop or some kind of divine errand boy that we just want to call on him when everything's going bad and forsake him when everything's going good. May I say this? God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And he deserves every laud and every praise ought to redound to his glory. Then came Jesus to a Samaritan woman. And he said, you know what, ma'am? It's not where you worship. Don't get fooled by the smoke and mirror show. It's not where you worship, whether on the mountain, the temple, or down. Listen, in a city, it's not where you worship. He said, it's who you worship. And he said, I am he. And I'll not only fill your cup, Karen, he said, but I'll fill your bucket to overflowing the rest of the days of your life. He said, because if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. Then came Jesus. Are you following me, folks? <laughs> I'm going somewhere. Then came Jesus to a man, Brian, that was probably much like yourself right now. And he said, all I want is a man that can take me to Bethesda's pool and put me in there when the angel stirs the water. Then I may get better again. And do you know what Jesus said? Who needs the angel of God when you got God? <laughs> he said, I am that one. And he said, rise up and walk. Let me tell you something, folks. The greatest miracle that I've ever witnessed in my life was when a righteous God came and took a hell-bound sinner, cleaned his old heart up, Romani, put him back on the road and got him out of the ditch, 
and said, Brian, the steps that I have ordered for you are my ways. They're my will. And I want you to walk ye in it. The greater miracle than a man getting up from a physical debilitating disease is the day that God cleaned your old black heart up and He put you back on the road of life. May I say this to every one of you in here. There's a lot of people in this room that have fallen. Let me, re let me rephrase that. Everybody's fallen. You say, well, preacher, I had. Well, you just did. You just did. Because you just lied. May I say this? It's not, Peter. It's not whether we've fallen. It's whether we ever got back up and started walking again. Then came Jesus. Then came Jesus. Before a man named Pilate. And Pilate asked him a question, Brother Pizer. He said, are you a king? And Jesus said this. He said, I am the king that made you a governor. Now, who do you suppose has the most authority? Woo! And Pilate got a basin. And he washed his hands of God. Jesus died for him too. Then came Jesus to four mock trials and they beat him and they spat upon him. And Then came Jesus to Golgotha. Where he voluntarily laid his life down. He didn't kick and scream. He willingly laid his life down. He said, no man takes my life. He said, I give it. You teenagers right now, you know what? I know y'all love a lot of things like your smartphone, like your iPads. What if somebody said, I want you to take everything you got and give it away. How hard would that be for us? I'm going to tell you something, folks. It ain't very hard to give something away if you had not fallen in love with it. May I say this? God so loved the world, us, that He gave Himself for us. Then, Steve, came Jesus. He died on a tree. They took Him off that tree. May I say this, folks? For three hours... It was total darkness on the face of the earth because God had to turn His back on His only begotten Son because He could not look on the sin of you and me and all of mankind from past, present, and future. And the sky was darkened for three hours. But when Jesus said, I commend my spirit into your hands, and Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, he gave up the ghost. And let me tell you something, as the blood, Pastor Pizer ran down his arms and down his side, and out of his side, it ran down his legs and off of his feet into that Middle Eastern saying, the greatest love story that has ever been written was recorded for us. God loves us. Then came Jesus to an old Cold, dark tomb. Borrowed, by the way. Wasn't going to need it long. Wasn't going to need it long. Just need to be borrowed. And they laid him handy in that tomb. And on the morning of the third day, 
The songwriter put it better than I could give you words for. He said, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor over the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Say it with me. Hallelujah! Christ arose! It's time for us to get excited when Jesus shows up. You don't have to get quite as excited as I do, I guess. But sometimes I just can't contain what's inside of me. Then came Jesus. We go full circle. I'm about done. Then came Jesus to that upper room. Before he did that, then came Jesus, Malcolm, and he stood on Mount Olive. And as he ascended into heaven, he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And whatsoever things I've commanded you, lo, I am with you always. God hadn't forsaken us. If you ain't, if you ain't in touch with Jesus tonight, it ain't His fault, it's your fault. He said, lo, I'm with you always, even in the end of the world. And as He ascended into heaven, He gave them that command, and they were sad, and they were looking depressed, and there was... God always strengthens His saints, Pastor Russ. He sent two angels to stand beside those men and He said, Ye men of Galilee, those angels said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? They said, This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen Him go into heaven. That same one. He came the first time, but He's coming back. Then came Jesus to these 11 in this room. He said, peace be unto you. Thomas wasn't there on the first episode. Second episode, he's there. He says, I want you to touch me, Thomas. And He said, I, I have seen. And he said, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus made an astounding statement. He said, you know what? He said, Thomas... You've seen and believed. You know what, folks? There was a man Jesus came to one night who was a religious ruler, and he said, you have, to be a, you have to be a teacher come from God. He said, because only a man from God could do the miracles that you do. And Jesus said to that religious ruler, he said, you might know a miracle when you see one, but the only way you're going to see God is if you are born again. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. He said that to Nicodemus. May I say this, folks? Thomas was blessed and believed because he saw. But Jesus goes farther and says, Blessed or happy are those who have not seen, yet believe. Can I say this to all of you precious folk in here that have trusted Christ? That's talking about you. I haven't seen with my physical eyes yet my Savior. Oh, I long to. I've got a whole lot more race behind me than I got in front of me. Amen? Some of y'all can resemble that remark. Amen, right? I'm looking for Him. Then came Jesus to those 11 and He said, Blessed are they that have not seen yet believe. I've left one story out because I want to get to it to the end. You say, you ain't done yet? No, I'm not done quite yet. Jesus came in this day and He walked among men. He walked dusty Galilean streets. He healed the sick. He made the lame to walk. He caused the blind to see. He even made a dead man walk. 
By the way, when he came to the tomb of Lazarus, he didn't say, come forth. If he'd have done that, all 75 to 80 would have come up out of the grave. He called him individually, specifically. He said, Lazarus, get on out of the grave. Can you see him coming out of them grave clothes? Hallelujah! Y'all say, oh, he didn't do that. I bet you he did. Bet you he did too. You know what? Some of y'all in this room have grave clothes still bound you up. You saved. You're a child of God, but you still got the grave clothes bounding you up. My Bible tells me to stand fast in the liberty, liberty wherewith Christ have made you free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. I was in bondage when I was lost. I'm not going to be in bondage when I'm saved. Jesus came to these people that we spoke about all through the New Testament. But can I say this, folks? The first time He came, He came as a little baby. But the next time He comes, He's coming as a king. The first time He came, He was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. The next time He comes, He'll be clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and His name is going to be called the Word of God, Revelation 19, 17. Ladies and gentlemen, the first time he came, he probably was having a hard time and a difficulty walking as a little baby. But can I say this? The next time he comes, he's going to tread the winepress of the fiercest and wrath of Almighty God. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? And by the way, I'm not talking about the rapture. I'm talking about the second coming. In the rapture, He's coming for His saints. But praise God, in the revelation and glory, at the end of the tribulation, He's coming, Romani, with His saints. We're going to be with Him. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon it was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, He doth judge and make war. Said His eyes were as a flame of fire, Revelation 19. And on His head were many crowns. And He had a name written that no man knew but He Himself. And He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And His name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven, praise God, Pastor Pizer, that's us. And I know we're dignified, but can I just wave my hand and say, Hallelujah, I'm going to be with that blood-bought band. I'm going to be in that army riding a white horse. If you don't like horses, you better get used to it because you're going to like it because you're going to ride one one day. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that wisheth he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fiercest and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture, and on his thigh name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Yeah, he came. But he's coming again. And that day when we sat around that Marriage supper. And that table, Malcolm, is stretched from sky to sky. And the songwriter said there's going to be a place setting for every child of God. We sit at those tables wearing white robes of righteousness. And while we're there eating, Pastor, the angelic beings are going to leave for just a few moments. They're going to all come back leading a stallion. They'll tie it to each one of our chairs. When King Jesus slides his chair back, he leaves for just a few moments. He comes back riding a white charger. He's going to look at his, he's going to look at his guide on and say, get my banner, we're going down. And every child of God's going to get on their horse and we're going to follow Jesus Christ down and we're going to watch him defeat the God-haters of this world. You say, that ain't baby Jesus. No, that's King Jesus that's coming. We're going to watch him defeat those that have shaken their fists in the face of God for all of eternity. And you know what? In that day, He will be just in what He does.
because the welcome mat is out right now and says, whosoever will, let him come and take of the water of life freely. But I can guarantee you this, Peter. In that day when we sit around that table and we eat chicken, you say, chicken in heaven. Amen. Going to be chicken in heaven. I'm preaching you ain't, so that's just my opinion, okay? I'm, I know I'm, I know I'm t- trying to take a little liberty there, but I'm just trying to say this. We're going to eat at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and once we get done and we mount that horse, I can guarantee you it's been tough, and there may be thorns in your life, and there may be valleys you go through, and you may be going through one right now, but can I tell you this? When you're riding back with King Jesus, and watch Him uh, say with the very word of His lips and defeat the God-haters of this world, you're going to say from that horse, I thank God I was serving Him while I was on the earth. You can close your Bibles, I'm done. Then came Jesus through the streets of Jerusalem one day. And there was a blind beggar. And he cried out and he said, Pastor Jesus. He had heard he was coming and he felt his presence. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And that religious crowd said, whoa, 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 you get back. He don't have time for the likes of you. Thank God, Bartimaeus Romani cried a little louder. And he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Thousands of people following Christ. But a writer said this in a book I read one time. He said, no greater miracle was the day that Joshua prayed the sun, S-U-N, to stand still in the Middle Eastern sky, was a day that a blind beggar said, Jesus and the son, S-O, in, stood still, turned around, and said, what would you have me to do unto you? And he said, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus touched his eyes, Steve, and he received his sight. That same Jesus is coming back. What about you tonight? Has there been a time when Jesus has come to you? I'm serious. I want you to ask yourself right now in the recesses of your heart, has there been a time in your life... Listen, I'm not asking you how much of God you have. I'm asking you how much does He have of you. Songwriter put it this way. One sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see. He clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows. Then Jesus came and caused his darkness to flee. When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, the tears are wiped away. He takes the gloom and fills the life with glory. For all things change when Jesus comes to stay. Then came Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Nobody looking around tonight. I want to ask you a question. Nobody looking around as Sister Shelley moves to the piano. I wonder tonight if you'd say judgment day honest. Preacher, beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's no doubt in my mind. Judgment day honest. I have met that one 
that you have preached tonight. There's not a shadow of a doubt in my mind if I were to take my last breath tonight unbeknownst to me or anybody else, if I didn't wake up after a sleep tonight, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'd be in heaven because I've put my trust not in church membership. I'm not in church, preacher. I'm in Christ. And I can raise my hand right now. I know that I'm born again on my way to heaven. Once you put it up, you can put it down. God bless you. If you're in this room tonight and you'd say, Preacher, I'm concerned about my spiritual condition, I don't know if something were to happen to me tonight that I'd go to heaven, but I sure want to. And I want you to pray for me. Is there anybody like that would just allow me? I will not point you out, but I want to have the privilege as a preacher to pray for you. And you'd say, Preacher, I'm not sure if something happened to me tonight that I'd go to heaven, but I want to go, and I want you to pray for me. Is there anybody like that here tonight? Anybody? Just raise it up and then put it back down. Anybody like that say, Preacher, I want you to pray for me. I'm not sure if I died tonight, I'd go to heaven, but I want to. And you just let me pray for you. Is there anybody like that? Anybody? Anybody? All right, one more question. When Jesus comes, humble people get happy. Listen, when Jesus comes, He makes the darkness flee. He takes the gloom and fills the life with glory. When He comes... Things change. You say, preacher, I've got some things in my life and I'm about, I've about had it up to, to my neck in it and I just want to give it all to Jesus Christ tonight. I am tired of feeling the way I am feeling. I want God to reign on the throne of my life and I just want you to pray for me. I've been struggling with some things and I want Jesus to come to the rescue in my life in that area and you want me to pray for you. Anybody like that? Just, say, just raise it up and then put it back down. I see those hands, hands all over. God bless you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that, Lord, that you'd have your will in your way tonight. Lord, as we have this invitation, I pray, Lord, that you would just move in and out of these chairs, these rows and massage hearts, and God, help us to realize, Lord, not only who you are, but, Lord, whose we are as your children. God, for those ones that raise their hands and are not sure, Lord, help them to realize that it ain't about church membership. It's not about the Lord's Supper. It's not about baptism. It's about putting their total trust, confidence, and faith in King Jesus. And Lord, I pray tonight that they do that before it's eternally too late. God, for those ones that raised their hand, that they're going through some turmoils, going through some valleys, help them to realize that you're too good to do them wrong and too wise to make a mistake. Lord, we'll love you and we'll praise you. And Lord, I'm thankful that you came tonight and showed up. And Lord, have your will and your way in hearts and lives tonight. And we'll love you and praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.